It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. LeBanc reaching for it, backhands toward the right point. Emerson backskates, shoots, stick save made by Thompson. Rebound, here's a shot by Ferraro, tip wide by LeBanc in front. Rebound cleared out by Whitecloud, it's a headman. It's a breakaway for Amadio. He's moving and he shoots, he scores! After all of that, after all of those opportunities, after those posts, and after those bad bounces, the Vegas Golden Knights come back the other way and score on their very first chance on net. Mike Amadio on a breakaway, 1-0 Vegas at 2.28 of the first. Yeah, I mean, listen, we started out great. We were ready to play. First two and a half minutes, buzzing, crossbars, chances. And then we give up like a 38th breakaway in three games. Like, it's just inexcusable. It can't happen. It, it, I mean, listen, guys make mistakes and you live with it, and that happens. But to be, we're just so puck focused way too often, and our decor just has to count bodies. We get a puck deep, we shoot a puck, and we stare at it instead of counting bodies, and they get a clean breakaway. It wasn't even close. And I think that affects you when you see it happen over and over and over again. And then, you know, I give our guys credit. We responded much better second period, but. Again, give up a goal late in the period because we fall asleep defensively. And, you know, it's just there's such a fine line in this league. And, you know, against a team like that, you, you just can't take your foot off the pedal at any point in time. All right, what's happening, everybody? How are we all doing on a Tuesday morning after a Monday afternoon matinee for the San Jose Sharks yesterday? A game where the first, well, I'm going to say about two minutes and 20 seconds, they played absolutely phenomenal hockey. And I was lucky enough to be sitting in the stands yesterday and watching from, you know, not the media press box, which is always a uh, an interesting experience for me because most of the Sharks game that I take in in person are from the up top view. And most of the games I watch on TV are from a similar view. So when I see it uh, from the stands, it's always just a little bit of a different perspective. But watching that game, the first Two minutes and 20 seconds, just watching San Jose being a buzzing team. And we all know what a hockey team looks like when they are quote-unquote buzzing. It's something that I can say relatively confidently that we have not seen too much from the Sharks this year. They were flying out there on the ice. They were making the right passes. They were getting great shot attempts. Uh, there was one that I couldn't believe that LeBanc was uh, denied when Sturm got in behind the net and got LeBanc crashing into the crease right through the slot. And, you know, just one of those plays you think, man, if they can't score on that, then surely they're going to get one right thereafter. Um, and then just... A few moments later, the puck is heading the opposite way up the ice, and it's another breakaway goal, and suddenly the Sharks, after playing really, really good hockey, are finding themselves on the end of a 1-0 deficit. And there's a number of things we can take away from that or derive or however you want to look at it. And just the primary one is that Vegas is just a better team than San Jose, and much as it pains me to say that, 
That is the reality right now. Vegas is a Stanley Cup contender. They are the defending cup champions. They are bigger. They are faster. They are stronger. They are better. I know they're missing guys just in the way that San Jose is missing players. But at the same time, even without every single key player, they are still a dangerous, dangerous team. And that's just that's just where the Sharks are right now. So the takeaway is that Vegas is a better team, but also I did not love the Sharks response after that first two minutes and 20 seconds where, you know, they're playing great hockey and then suddenly the puck goes up the ice the opposite direction and they're down one nothing because there was an immediate slumping of shoulders and David Quinn said after the game, well, wouldn't your shoulders slump as well? And yeah, I mean, I, I understand his point, but at the same time, it's like you see one guy's shoulder slump relatively acceptable. You see two guys' shoulders slump, again, relatively acceptable. But when you see everybody's shoulders slump, that means Vegas probably saw it too and probably said, okay, we can put this game out of reach pretty quickly if we give them another body blow. It may not be the quote-unquote knockout punch, uh, but they knew that they could get the Sharks bleeding and you know really inflict some damage. A couple of minutes later, Vegas is up 2-0. The Sharks, in the midst of that first period, do not have a response and then in the waning moments of the first period, I think something more akin to a knockout blow comes in. They add on a third goal on the power play. Obviously, the Sharks' streak of uh, high-quality kills comes to an end, and that's all she wrote. So that was, you know, there was no coming back from a 3 nothing deficit to Vegas, even at home, even if we've seen it before at this moment in time. The Sharks do not have the talent. They do not have the depth. They do not have the overall ability. And I think another part of this is they don't have the will. I think this team is collectively bloodied by what has happened to them over the course of this season, to which I understand. But, you know, you get down one nothing after you play, you know, really, really good hockey for two minutes and 20 seconds. Then you see another one added on about 90 seconds later, which is again, well, maybe about two minutes later. But this is, again, one of those things we've seen where the Sharks have these bunches of goals that they're allowing in a 90-second, two-minute period. Never a good sign give up another one before the period is done, and they just didn't have a lot of pushback from that point on. And then when you look at the entire stats of the game, you see just how uh, lopsided it was. You know, five times the Knights went on the power play, and if you give the opposition five times to go on the play, even if you don't agree with every single call, I think that that's going to be a tough night for you. I think the Sharks were in a situation where they were reaching, where they were chasing, where they were just trying to make anything happen. And once you start reaching, once you start chasing, and the penalties start to come. And again, I didn't love every single one of those penalties that were called, uh, but Vegas forced San Jose into that type of a game. San Jose only had one power play. Conversely, they were not able to uh, convert or do much with it. So, you know, that's just how it was for the Sharks on this day. And then again, you look at, you know, some of the other shots, the uh, the shots on goal, Sharks actually outshot Vegas 29-26, but Vegas obviously that much more lethal with their shot selection and ability. Uh, face-offs went to Vegas 25-20. to uh, You also saw that uh, the blocked shots went in favor of Vegas 25-22, and you know, there were a couple of blocks at a couple of key moments when San Jose was trying to get the puck in deep. And, you know, the Sharks also found themselves being blocked by Mr. Post a couple of times and couldn't get the uh, clang to go in. And, you know, that's just the way it goes for the Sharks right now, even when they're doing things right, even when they're giving themselves good opportunities and creating looks, they were hitting the post or the shots were blocked. And, uh, that's not going to get it done against a team like Vegas. And, you know, it's funny because over the course of the game, I, you know, I looked at Jan Ruda 
I liked his shot selection. I thought the way he was getting the puck to the net over and over and over was a good thing to see. I liked that Kevin LeBanc was playing pretty aggressively. I thought that, you know, he was impactful on the forecheck and he made a couple of bad plays out there, but he hasn't been playing as much until the last couple of games. So I think he's probably got a little rust, but I liked the, the way he was playing. I didn't have a problem with his game. You know, there was nobody whose game was particularly problematic for me. I wasn't walking away saying that guy is the reason the Sharks lost. It was just like, they didn't have any pushback once Vegas got in ahead because even Mackenzie Blackwood, who did not have his greatest day, um, I feel that those goals were the result of him not being put in a great position to succeed. And I think that where the Sharks are right now, you need to be able to put your team in a great position to succeed. And then, you know, the fact that it got away from them the way it did with that first goal after playing two minutes and 20 seconds of phenomenal hockey and then suddenly the puck's going the other way up the ice. Why has the breakaway suddenly found a way into the Sharks game. This was not something we had really seen with any consistency all year long with San Jose. This is not something that we were previously talking about. We had talked about, you know, giving up goals in bunches. We talked about injuries. We talked about giving up goals at the start or at the end of periods. We talked about, you know, puck chasing, puck watching. These are all narratives that we've talked about with the Sharks all over the course of the year. I don't think any of us were really talking about the Sharks being prone to the breakaway. And then suddenly, in the last couple of games, that's their biggest issue or one of their most big issues because that's a tight game until the Sharks give up that breakaway. And I'm just thinking, why? What at this point in time has happened with San Jose to where they are, you know, finding themselves prone to giving up the breakaway? And, you know, David Quinn did address it and talked about the team looking for offense and, you know, not keeping track of where everybody is. And I and I get that. I understand that to an ex- a certain extent. But, you know, just to have such a flip in the narrative and what's a problem and what we've seen previously, this has been uh, relatively confusing for me because I just did not expect to see one specific play suddenly become such an issue. And especially after the other night, Saturday night, they give up all those breakaways, a huge factor in the way the game ends. And you think to yourself, okay, well, they're going to rectify that from one game to the next. They're going to take care of that uh, going into this game. And then it reared its head right away. That's, that's one of those things where I was, uh, I was a bit shocked. I got to admit, I, I expect to have a good idea of where things are going to happen in a game and what's going to occur and to see that same problem happen right away and as damaging as it did. Because again, the Sharks felt good up to that point. And I think it was like, all right, we're putting in good work. We're doing everything we have to do to create opportunities, to create chances. we got Vegas on their heels. And then suddenly that play rears its head. We talk about the slumping shoulders. I think it was just the collective again. Like, we're going to do that again. We're going to give up that goal again. The goal that beat us in the previous game is going to be the goal that breaks us in this game. I just, I don't know. I felt that. I felt that out there on the ice. And it was demoralizing. I think you could feel it inside the building. It sucked the air out a little bit. And then you had a second goal. And then you had a third goal in the waning moments of the first period. It uh, Not a recipe for success, guys. I'll put it that way. Not a recipe for success. And then, you know, you start looking at the other big picture issues of, you know, no Logan Couture, Tomas Hurdle being out right now. That hurts the team just because they're two of your most talented players, the two most talented players. You could make an argument. You need their offense. You need their leadership. You need their ability to strengthen you up the spine. You also look at the fact that the trade deadline is now more and more being discussed This morning, it's Tuesday, February 20th, which means that the March 8th trade deadline is not exactly a far-off concept anymore. Uh, This is coming for everyone, and I'm sure everyone uh, is wondering whether or not they're going to be formed before or after games when they're traded, or if their names are going to come up in speculation, 
or if they're going to view that trade as, um, you know, not necessarily a punishment, but a, a condemnation of what their game has been for the Sharks. Because, listen, everybody that signed with the Sharks knew what they were getting into this year. No one thought this was going to be an easy road. But I think that they all thought they could be part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem. And I think that there is a pride issue that comes into play when you've not been able to fix things, when you've not been able to be, you know, one of the guys that's able to turn things around. And, you know, in talking to newcomers this year, like Mikhail Granlin, like Jan Ruda, for instance, like Philip Zadina, uh, like Mike Hoffman, like Anthony Duclair, I think these guys all thought they could be part of something to have the Sharks playing um, at a better level. And the fact that it hasn't gone down that way, I'm sure it weighs heavily on them. I know that, you know, you think these guys are not not you specifically, but there is the perception among sports uh, that when a guy gets to a team that they don't have the same level of commitment and respect. And, I, you know, that's something I've just not found to be true. I think that in sports, you know, I've talked to a couple of you know guys that have been professional athletes before and they always said, hey, if a team trades you, don't focus on the fact that that team didn't want you. Focus on the fact that another team did want you. And I think that that's probably where some of these guys were in their career where they said, hey, this team wanted me on their team. And you can say, well, the Sharks were taking on contracts XYZ. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You're still taking on a guy who you think can help you in a specific situation. You know, these guys are in the NHL for a reason. And I think they probably are feeling a little bit low about the fact they have not been able to find the answers for San Jose, that they came full of high hopes. Now suddenly you're approaching the trade deadline. Things have not gone as planned. And suddenly people are worried about whether or not they're going to be, uh, you know, having to find a new home in the next couple of weeks or, you know, just trying to figure out where their career is going to go after the next couple of weeks. These are things that all start weighing on guys' minds. And it's relatively understandable. I don't know that it's specifically impacting their play on the ice, but I think it can also create tension off the ice, which maybe doesn't allow them to, uh, you know, be their best at all times. And I try to look to all the factors that are impacting a team. And I think this is one we have to start paying attention to. I do like the fact that these Sharks have a number of days off now. They are taking a full rest day today, and then they're going to be back on it Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday uh, before they take on Nashville. That, to me, is huge because you need that practice, and I think that, and we'll get into it on the other side, but the overall need to have practice, the overall need to be able to work on your game is something they have not always been able to work on. And I think this will now give them the opportunity. And I, I know that I'm a broken record in this capacity, but Jamie Baker, you know, really, really tried to explain to me many, many times over the years how important practice was for a team. And um, obviously he's looking at it from the player's perspective, but to hear David Quinn talk about it after the game yesterday, talking about the need for practice and they're going to be able to get it in and maybe the way that the lack of practice has impacted them over the last few weeks. Um, you know, I think that's worth noting. And I think that this is a team that's still been learning, that's still been growing, that's still been figuring themselves out. And so when you do hear the need for practice come up, that happens for a reason. So now they've got, you know, some rest a few days off and then they're going to be back at it. And, you know, the schedule again stays Really, really busy after this little bit of a break. I don't think they have this many consecutive days off again um, until the season comes to an end because they've got Nashville on Saturday, and then next Tuesday and Thursday they are hosting New Jersey and then Anaheim, and then they're back out on the road in March. They're going to be at uh, the Stars on the 2nd and then at Minnesota on the 3rd, and then it's a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday where they are taking on at home Dallas uh, the Islanders and the Senators. Then they're back out on the road for five after two days rest at Philadelphia, at the Pens, at Columbus, at Chicago, at Nashville. I mean, that's just a busy schedule. And, 
you know, you go through the month of March and it's pretty much just every other day. So this practice opportunity is one of the last few opportunities like this for the Sharks this year. And then, you know, we get into the month of April. And again, it's pretty much every other day. So yeah, the Sharks have their work cut out for them. And we are going to see who steps up, who emerges, what storylines play out from here until the end. All right, on the other side, we are going to get into some post-game reaction. You're on Morning Tide, presented by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge-watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Here comes Mike Hoffman, moves in. Two goals against Vegas in December. Cuts back behind the Golden Knights net, throws back to the point. Ruta stops it, shoots it, tip, score! No, it's off the side of the post! That beat the goaltender, but it just rang off the iron and stayed out of the net, and the Sharks very nearly got the first one. Wow, what a play there. Quick shot by Jan Ruta. Hoffman gives him a nice pass out there at the right side point, Dan. Just caught, released it. Little bit of redirect there off the goal post, the right post behind Thompson. Ruta is playing with Henry Twun today. Henry sat out the last six games with an injury. Great to see him get back and resume his outstanding play. Here comes Mark Edward Vlasic, two on one, break, moving in, shooting it, save, may rebound, poke that by Vlasic toward the net. It's loose in front, knocked free. It comes back, Addison, the shot off the post. Rebound near sideboards. Can the Sharks get it to the net? Oh no, it's overskated off the stick of Zadina and Vegas able to escape. I mean, listen, I think everybody's looking for more of that. That being said, we have a, a lot of an area of improvement. We can be harder regardless of our size. So, uh, you know, I guess I'm touching on both sides of it. You know, the times we do go in there and we're all in on our battles, we may not win them because of that. But there are too many instances we go into these battles and we're not really into it. We're 80% into the battle and 20% with the puck. And at this level, that's just not good enough. Couple of close chances by the San Jose Sharks early on, and then David Quinn bringing us back in on a Tuesday morning, the 20th of February, 2024. The Sharks coming off a 4-0 loss to Vegas. David Quinn weighed in on the trade deadline, maybe being on guys' minds. We're all human, right? I mean, if somebody told us with all the jobs we have, hey, in two and a half weeks, you may not be where you're at. I think we'd all react a little bit differently, right? It all would affect us. And these guys are no different. So I'm certainly cognizant of that. I think that was a very diplomatic answer from David Quinn, which is true. I, I think that, yeah, if you told all of us, hey, in two weeks, Ted, you might be getting traded to another team. I don't know how well I would respond to that, knowing that every time I went to record a podcast. And obviously there are qualifiers to that statement because professional athletes, they're making a lot of money and it's inherent to the job they play where they might get moved, where things might change. But I think it is a, a human reaction to start wondering about what is going to happen next, about whether or not this is going to be their last day in San Jose. It might make them play a little tighter. It might make them play a little bit looser. Uh, there are many takeaways that we can talk about from um, you know how guys react to knowing that uncertainty is in their future. But you know, again, that's part of the game. One part of the Sharks game that we touched on in the first part of today's show is the idea that the breakaway has suddenly been a problem for the San Jose Sharks. And I asked David Quinn 
why that has suddenly appeared in their game when it wasn't a factor all year long. Uh, as the season goes on, you start chasing offense and you know your intentions maybe slip a little bit, whether it's the break or not. But we got three, four days to correct it. And to be clear, Quinn was not exactly enamored by the play in any way, shape, or form. He said they essentially gave it to him. Yeah. Is that a problem this year? Right? Yeah. Yeah. But listen, when you when you give up a goal that easily, why wouldn't you slump your freaking shoulders? Like, nothing they did. It wasn't any great play they made. We just, we just fell asleep. And this was not one of the angrier times we've seen David Quinn after games this year, but it was and annoyed David Quinn. Like, there was definitely an exasperation, and I don't think that was unwarranted or anything to that effect, but I think he was just kind of miffed. Like, what are we doing? Why are we making this play? Why are we being, you know, just slow to the to the reaction? Why are we not keeping track of guys? And I listen, I'm not here, as I've said all year long. I don't have to absolve David Quinn of what's been happening out there on the ice. He has his handprints involved in this, his DNA He's part of it, but he is not what I would consider to be, quote-unquote, the problem. You know, the guys out there on the ice are making the poor decisions, are making the bad plays, are doing things that allow another team to just essentially stroll down the ice and get a one-on-one with your goalie early on in a game. I mean, that's just, it's not the situation you want. That's not where you want to be. That needs to be corrected. And I think that David Quinn does have the arsenal in which the team can correct it. It's just frustrating that something that was not an issue earlier on has suddenly entered the fray for the San Jose Sharks. Ty Emerson weighed in on the breakaway. Obviously, we had a good start. I think we had a couple chances right off the bat. And, and like you said, he got behind us. I don't know. We'll have to check the video on it. I don't really know what all happened. I think it was kind of a bang-bang play, but I think we just we have to be better there. We have to be accountable to not letting guys be, get behind us. And I asked him if it was tough to see that after the way Saturday night's game had gone down with so many breakaways, including the game winner. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we touched on a lot yesterday at the rink, and it's something that we didn't do as well tonight after that first one. I think we cleaned it up a little bit, but obviously it's tough to start the game that way. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to get around that. When you give up that play early on and you kind of have this bugaboo from the game previously that's rearing its head that early on in the next game, especially after you've had such a big start, that's a problem. And I think that, again, we talked about the shoulders slumping. We talked about David Quinn sounding annoyed. Uh, you know, it all plays into the way the Sharks played after that point in that game. And although they did rectify it after the first period, and I think it's fair to say that, yeah, the first period was bad. And then after that, they only gave up one goal. But the damage had been done, right? And it's too much to ask this Sharks team to come down from a 3 nothing deficit, even if they've done it before. What, they were down four goals uh, against uh, Detroit? So, yeah, I mean, they they can come back. Any team in any game in the NHL full of NHL players has the capability to come back in a game, but I would not rely on that. I would not want a game to get away like that. I would not want to give up a goal that early in a game. I would not want to give up a goal that late in a period, especially a first period when you're already down 2 nothing. If they could have stopped the bleeding at 2 nothing, even after they'd taken some body blows, I think that they still have a chance of maybe rectifying things in the second period, third period, seeing what happens if it's a one-goal game, two-goal game. Okay, understandable. When you give up three in the first period to Vegas, that's a lot to take on. That is a lot to deal with. And unfortunately for San Jose, I think that they just aren't in a position to be able to draw upon their previous comebacks in any specific game. Jan Ruda on the breakaways. I mean, obviously last it's been like our issue last two games when we gave up uh, breakaways. Uh, it wasn't really an issue the whole year and now like last two games. So 
yeah, it's definitely something that uh, we got to tighten up. But uh, yeah, as you as you said, I really liked our our start. And he talked a little bit more about the breakdown. I don't know, just probably the lack of awareness. Just you know, was it the gonna be the last guy, last guy or the closest guy to your net? So you know, just uh, gotta be better there. One question that was asked to Jan Ruda was how the Sharks cannot let this snowball into another extended losing streak, and uh, I thought he gave a pretty decent answer. Yeah, I just gotta stay focused. Uh, you know, we just we just play the uh, Stanley Cup champs, you know, so uh, it's tough. Uh, uh, but as you said, I really liked our effort, and you know, just obviously there are a lot of things that we can work on, but uh, you know, the the effort, uh, I think that was. That was there, so you know, just uh, build on that. And I think that that question is asked because the Sharks are in a situation where they don't know when their two best players and Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle are coming back. They've come off a couple of tough losses, uh, two in a row. The one against Columbus felt like a winnable game, and then this one was one that they just made the same mistakes from the previous game, albeit against a much better team, and instead of losing 4-3, got blanked for nothing. And it's not like the opposition suddenly gets easier either as they host Nashville and then New Jersey, and then I guess Anaheim is more in a similar situation to where they are when they host them uh, next weekend, or this upcoming weekend, I should say. But you know that's not meaning that any of this is going to get quote-unquote easier, and then you look ahead to the you know, the way it goes for the rest of the season, you know, this is going to be a tough finish for San Jose. And, you know, I think they do want to avoid the 11 game winless streak that they saw at the start of the season or the 12 game losing streak that they suffered from, uh, you know, December into the new year. I think that when you look at all those individual losing streaks, you see things that you like out there on the ice. It's not like every game was an absolute abomination. There've only been, uh, you know, a handful of games this year with San Jose where you think to yourself, my God, what happened? Uh, there was the game in Toronto, the game at Seattle, the home games against Vancouver and Pittsburgh back to back. Those are the ones, you know, that really, really, you know, left you just thinking, woof, that was that was bad. Let's forget about that one and move on. But for the most part, I think the Sharks have done pretty decent jobs of being competitive and having good efforts. And, you know, that's that's another aspect of yesterday's game is that I didn't hate their effort in any way, shape, or form, and you heard Jan Ruda allude to that. It felt like the Sharks were playing pretty hard, like they were being physical when it was asked for, and even if they're not as physical as Vegas, and there is a size difference when comparing the two teams, like you didn't see a team that was just you know out of it. It's not like they were just completely lost out there on the ice. The Sharks were giving themselves opportunities, but as a you know thing that we've seen over the course of this season, they were fully capable of shooting themselves in the foot, like the start most specifically, and I hate to just hammer home it's not like it was just this breakaway goal that was the difference maker in the game it was they were only down one nothing after they give it up but you have to be pretty clear on what happened they played very good hockey up to that point and then suddenly they shot themselves in the foot and were down one nothing like you have two minutes and 20 seconds of really good hockey and then suddenly the puck goes all the way the opposite direction down the ice and then they're on the end of it and it's like okay you're down one nothing how do you respond? They responded by giving up another goal, and they played better after that point, but then you give up a power play goal with you know moments or less than a minute left in that first period. Um, that's not, that's not going to be enough, and you don't have anything to build on at that point, even if you did have a nice save from Mackenzie Blackwood towards the end of the period. Um, and at the rest of the game, the Sharks still kept their efforts up. A good effort is not enough against a team like Vegas, especially when you're at a talent deficit. And I don't say that to be, you know, making excuses for the San Jose Sharks, but it's it's true. It's like, yeah, you're, the effort 
know, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Like you're supposed to have a good effort. You're supposed to go out there and try. You're supposed to go out there and give yourself a chance. And I don't think that there was anything from the Sharks game yesterday that made me feel that they did not do that. However, it's the way that they hurt themselves. It's the turning the puck over. It's the taking the penalties. It is the, you know, spending that much time on the kill. It is giving up the early breakaway goal. It's not winning the face-offs. It's not winning the battles. Like, if those things are filled with effort, that's, you know, maybe not even half the battle. That's just what is required in the NHL. And so that's why I never go out there and say I hated the Sharks' effort because I feel like for the most part, other than the 10-2 and 10-1 losses, um, or maybe even the one in Seattle, you know, those are the ones that you walk away from just kind of shaking your head like, what on earth happened? But yesterday's game was like, all right, you did enough to give yourself a chance. Why did you find other ways to shoot yourselves in the foot? Why did you find other ways to self-destruct? And that's ultimately the difference between high-quality teams and low-quality teams and middling teams in the NHL. A good team is not going to self-destruct. They are going to have bad plays over the course of the game, but they are going to be fewer and further in between, and they are going to find ways to overcome that. A bad team in the NHL, they're going to give you the effort, but they are going to find ways to hurt themselves. A middling team, they're just going to give you a mix. Sometimes they're going to be good. Sometimes they're going to be bad. There's going to be an inconsistency that leads them to their record. But the Sharks this year, we have consistently seen themselves hurt themselves as a team. And that is indicative of where they are, of their talent level, of what happens when they go up against really good teams. And what's more frustrating about that is they have beaten some really good teams and they've had some really good efforts against some really good teams this year. They are capable of performing at a high level. But just as they are equally capable of performing at a high level, they are very capable of shooting themselves in the foot time and time and time again. It's a hard thing to come back from, and the Sharks have certainly had uh, a consistency with letting that happen day in, day out over the course of this year. They are very capable of being their own worst enemy, which is another thing they need to work on from now till the end of the season. All right, we are just about out of time. We will be back with you on Saturday, but we will have content coming out throughout the rest of the week as we keep you up on everything Teal. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.